Hello and welcome to Inspired, your grown-up girl talk. I'm Stacy Fleece here with Samantha Tradelius. We are so happy that you are spending the next 30 minutes with us on our journey of more a women, more women doing amazing things. I like it. And I'm still emphasize, well, us included. I still have this amazing voice. So we're just gonna work with it. Um <laughs> it's not bad, it's getting better. It is. It's getting better, but it's still, uh, we're still not hundred percent back to uh, full Samantha capacity. So bear with, bear with. I know it's all good. So our guest today, first of all, um, love the website, love the products almost as much as I love the name. Um, we have with us Randy Bonica, who has salt and sparkle, um, online products. I want to talk about your product line, but Randy, what, I love about you is you have this amazingly cool um, set of products that you sell online and PS your high school guidance counselor. Like, <laughs> I don't know. I, those seem like those, those are not necessarily really connected things, but I love that you have different parts of your brain that can do both. So thank you for joining us today. First of all, um, tell us how you went from, you know, a, an amazing career that you I you still have, correct? As a high school sort of. Okay. High school counselor <laughs> working with working with high school kids, guiding them in life. And then you went, you know what I should do is um sell stuff online that says no more fucks to get. You know, it's such like a strange thing because I I mean I was a teacher. Um I was actually an English teacher first for 9 years and I was like I love being with the kids but Did I don't love teaching. I taught high school English. Yes. That's and... impressive first of all. <laughs> but it was like I was an English major like I used to teach swimming. I also used to be a cocktail waitress. Like I don't know. I sort of like became a teacher cuz like I didn't know what else to do with my English degree. Um and I I liked it. I liked teaching but it never quite felt like the right fit for me. Um, and then when I decided to transfer into guidance and I went back to school and I got a second master's degree, I loved being a guidance counselor, but it also wasn't as much fun as being a teacher. Um, because being a teacher, like you're with like the kids, it's like being an actor, you're laughing all day, you're putting on a show and being a guidance counselor, you're sitting in a room with kids that have stuff going on. Um, and so it was heavier. Yeah, it was heavier. I was not coming home from day with like funny stories about like things that kids said. I, you know, you're not even allowed to talk about what kids say. So you go home like with this very heavy plate every day. Yeah. Hey, honey, how was your day? Fine. What happened? Nothing. Crying right. <laughs> <Not> kids. <laughs> oh, that's that's what you get to talk about. Right. Exactly. And I have always been. Um, I wouldn't say an artist. An artist, I feel, I feel like gives some sort of vision that's not me. But I've always been crafty. I've always had like ideas and projects and crazy businesses and all sorts of weird things, blogs, everything. And so when I became a high school guidance counselor, I really went from I had a lot more free time in the afternoons because I wasn't writing papers anymore or writing lessons. Um. And so I, this business, this side hustle of making jewelry just grew and grew and grew until it became its own beast. Um, and then I had my son and I, um, like COVID happened um, six months when my son was six months old. And I was kind of just like, you know, 
I can't mom and be a guidance counselor and run a six-figure business at the same time. So which one do I like the least? Bye, teaching. <laughs> we just talked about this on a on a previous episode where, you know, we we as women sometimes get so caught up in, in having it all, which is bullshit. It doesn't exist. And we have to give ourselves the grace to say, I'm not, I, I have all these buckets. I, I can't do them all. If I, if I do them all, I'm going to do them all half-ass and loosely shitty. If I narrow it to what I know and love and put my energy and my spirit into that, it's going to fly. Um, but I, I was saying when I was younger, it's sometimes it's tough to say no and walk away from things and realize it's okay to not have it all. Right. Exactly. Because it doesn't exist anyway. And you know, it was hard. It was hard. And I'm so grateful that my husband, um, he's a teacher also. Um, and we built this life on two teacher salaries and we had, the, I had this side hustle that was like our vacation money and our fun money. And it was like my hobby. It's what I did for fun. And all of a sudden I'm like, well, actually we bought a house and, we're going to now live on your salary alone and hopefully I'll make enough money on my business that, you know, it'll work itself out eventually. And he's like, okay, cool. Do what makes you happy. I love that. I love that. So I also love, uh, I, uh, found you on Instagram, which we always kind of talk about social media and how it has its negative points, but being sparkle uh, is a big part of my life. Every time I see it, I obviously click on it. And I went on her website and I was like, this shit is amazing. Like, this is so much fun. I was just, I have all these things in my cart. I was like, this is great. So you've got a whole line of products from jewelry to um, keychains to just home stuff to like everything and all in between, which you're hand making all of this stuff, right? Yes, I am. Which is <laughs> even better and it's salty and it's fun and it's sassy and it definitely speaks to the dog lovers and the feminists and everything in between um taking a teaching background to now a business owner background very different things and also like an e-commerce because that's a whole nother wild wild west like let's talk about all the things that you had to learn and are probably continuing to learn i mean what a journey huh Oh my God. Like I, it's so crazy. The things that I've had to learn. Um, and I just like posted like this, uh, like this joke, like this point of view conversation on TikTok, basically about like my, how my negotiating skills are shit. Like how, like I got the wrong package from a supplier in China. And I was like, well, send me the right one. And they were like, okay, we'll pay again. And I'm like, well, I'm not going to pay. And we go back and forth. And finally they're like, okay, you pay. And like, that's the end of it. Like <laughs> I paid, I paid. <laughs> Damn, we lost that one. Yeah, okay. I did. But you know, but it was like probably like 45 minutes of my life going back and forth with the supplier until finally I'm like, I give up. I'll just pay again. Like, I'll keep what you sent me. I like it also, even though it's wrong. I'll pay again. Fine. Do something else with it. It's fine. It's, it's that. Like, I have, I have no, uh, first of all, and I'm an introvert. Um, you know, like teaching was different because it's kids and it's a scripted show. Um, and then being a guidance counselor, it's one-on-one. -on -one. Like I, like that like really went with who I am. Um, I'm a listener and as a, as an e-commerce, e like running an e-commerce shop, running actually multiple streams of e-commerce shops, 
Um, I need to be an extrovert. I need to talk to lots of strangers. I need to sell myself. I need to sell my product. Um, I'm like not very mathy. Uh, <laughs> I love it though. You taught English in high school, not math. Right. I taught English in high school. I, you know, I took like one math class in college and perhaps I paid someone to take my final. So your copy is probably awesome. <laughs> um, the, the, the addition subtraction math section, maybe not as much. We Thank all goodness. have our strengths, Randy. Thank goodness for my Google speaker because. <laughs> there you go. I'll but I think just the whole line itself is, and, and having to put yourself out there in a different light and get uncomfortable. We talk about it a lot on the show about where we find ourselves, you know, breeding success out of discomfort because, you know, that's really, I think, where it lays and it lies. And and teaching, you know, our young kids that, that it's okay to, to maybe not know what you're doing, but to take a try and, and see where it goes. How do you manage all these different channels of, of you know, e-commerce? Because it is such a, like, what's cool now and you master it is like passe six months later. I mean, how are you keeping up with all of it? It's so hard. It's so hard. I I don't even know. Um, I, you know, I, I hired a bookkeeper in 2022 for the first time. It might have been one of the best things I've ever spent money on. Yes. <laughs> well, given that given that your cats are QC, I think it's fair to have a human <laughs> as the bookkeeper. It's gonna it's gonna cost you a little more than catnip and pay, but well worth it. Yeah, you know, I have to say, I've had that, you know, that the cats are the quality control on my website for a while. But last year, I almost cut, cut Leroy's ear off because he was, oh. <laughs> because, so Leroy, he's my tattoo cat. Um, Leroy is the love of my life, other than, you know, my son. And he's always been in my studio with me. And it's, you know, Christmas time, and I'm cutting ribbon, and I'm cutting ribbon, and Leroy's weaving in and out, and I cut his ear. Oh, God. <laughs> And now he's so excited that he's got some string to play with. So he's picking up the string, walking away, blood's dripping around the room. <laughs> Sounds like a serious workers' comp claim. Sounds exactly like a workers' comp claim. I love it. I love it. So here's a question. Let the go. Here's a question for when you create a product or have an idea of a product and put it like, are you making it to when it's ordered? Are you making it or do you have them, you know, X will sell. And so you make, you know, 50 or 100 of a piece. Like, how does that work? So I make everything to order, mm -hmm. um, which is amazing in a lot of ways and crazy in the fourth quarter. Like mm -hmm. it is every fourth quarter comes. And I said, this is so stupid. Why am I doing this? Like, I can't do this. And then the rest of the year, I'm like, Dee -dee -dee, it's so fun. I love making everything to order. <laughs> oh. <laughs> so I designed something um, with jewelry. Uh, I always make a sample um with like cups and baby clothes and stuff like that a lot of times I'll do a mock-up um ever since I learned how to do mock-ups which is a whole nother section of editing and computer programs and photography and uh, I don't you know like where, where did how do you okay how do you figure all that out so you don't, I, you don't know what you don't know and then all of a sudden you're like oh I, I had to put pictures on my website but <laughs> <laughs> I don't I, it's it's a lot yeah I don't you know I'm grateful so I didn't start out as only e-commerce and my um business grew very organically um so I had the I guess the the luck or the the benefit 
uh, people liked my product in person. And so I had a lot of other female small business owners really like embrace me and help me and give me feedback on my product and stock it in their stores and tell me what's sold and tell there me what's in There you go. Sell. There's the answer right there. Yep. And they helped me grow. And I was in so many stores before I even really had a website. Which is awesome. And so that kind of turned you into an like, hey, maybe I can do this on my, you know, direct to consumer. So are you wholesale and retail or both? Yeah. Wholesale is about 50% of my gross income for the year. Wow. That's awesome. How did you get into or how do you continue to get into the stores? Um, I would say, I mean, I'm on three platforms. I'm on Fair, Abound, and Bulletin. Um, and you know, a lot of small business owners complain about fees. Mm -hmm. And I am, I have like a whole different perspective. And maybe it's because I, you know, I didn't do this full time for so many years. And I still don't do it full time. My, my son is three and a half. He does not go to nurse. I mean, he goes to nursery school. He goes like three hours a day. That's full time. That's your full time gig right right there. Being a mom is my full time job. And so my business is still on the side. And so customer acquisition, paying these platforms for customer acquisition to me is priceless. I will pay. I will pay. You bring me the customers. I can keep them. And so um, really, I mean, fair is really like a huge, a huge chunk of my business. Um, I keep at Instagram and I'm really working TikTok. It's really hard, but I'm really trying. but I do get uh, a lot of DMs on Instagram, and sometimes they end up setting up an account on my website. My website is set up for wholesale also. Um, but a lot of times they want to go through FAIR. And when you send someone to FAIR directly, you don't pay a commission, right, because you're doing your own customer acquisition. Mm-hmm. And so if they would rather go through FAIR and get those net terms and things that I really can't offer, um, sure. So when you so for those listeners who don't know what fair is, fair is a wholesale platform where you can go in and and purchase items that you would then sell in your stores or you know whatever however you're doing it. How does that work? So someone places an order on fair for let's say a hundred units. Um, do does fair pay you or do you? How does that work? So these people um, who have accounts on fair, right? They've been vetted by fair. Excuse me, they have like, um, you know, FAIR has all their W9s or whatever, you know, like FAIR handles all that, which is one of the things I like about it. Mm-hmm. It actually enables me to take international orders without really dealing much with customs, right? It's all FAIR's responsibility. Um, again, why they take a hefty commission, like they're doing the work. I'm making the product. Yeah. Um, they're, or they're doing the like grunt work, like the stuff I don't want to do. Mm-hmm. Um, and so someone will find my shop on FAIR. I have, you know, about 600 products on FAIR. And they'll place an order. Um, and then once I fulfill it, I put in the tracking. Once they get it, I guess they like assess it. They get to say like if everything's there, if anything's damaged, if everything's what they ordered. Um, and so they have to click some boxes to confirm that they received what they ordered. And then I get paid. And so FAIR takes their commission and pays me. So it. you have 600 items with them? Yes, I do. Like how many How many items do you have total? How many... How many unique, I don't even know if you use SKUs, but how many unique SKUs? I don't care. I'm I'm like an eyeball inventory person. I'm like, oh, it looks like I need more of those cups. Oh, you know, (laughs) I can't. I have too many products and too many variations to to do that. I mean, 600 is a lot for, you know, your 
one badass self to be handling. <laughs> well, it's not 600 individual products. Like, for example, like a cuff bracelet, which they're not like as in as they used to be. But when I started my business, I mean, I was selling thousands upon thousands of cuff bracelets. That's how like I started my business. Um, and so cuff bracelets, maybe I have 150 different listings, but it's the same piece of metal. Got it. Right. And so I have a drawer with 500 bracelet blanks and all these listings. And that's why it's made to order. Right. Because I have my supplies, but I, you know, they have so many choices and they have choices of fonts and they actually do have choices of metal. And, you know, they have so many choices um, that it's all made to order. And every shop has its own like niche. And I, I try to like, I don't try to appeal to everyone, um, but I try to appeal to a lot of versions of me. Which I love because we're not for everyone, as we all know, right? But right. I think you you speak to so many different groups, you know, and it just it's it's such a fun, fun line. We always like to talk with business owners about like what's been the hardest lesson that you've had to learn? Now you mentioned, you know, the, the website and all that, but like, you know, what's been the hardest part of this journey for you? I think the hardest part of this journey has been really figuring out like how to be like how to make this a business even when I was selling six figures I was spending it I was just like oh I want to try I mean that's why I have so many different types of products because I'm like I want to try making cups let me go all in buy everything I need to make cups and I'll make cups I'll learn how to make cups and I you know I used to like teach myself how to make things you know and like make mistakes and just throw it all over my shoulder. Oh, made a mistake. Oh, made a mistake. Made another mistake. And, you know, last year, I guess, I was like, huh, well, this is going to be my job. I need to actually pay attention to how much is coming in, how much I'm spending, how to pay myself. I never paid myself before. Um, How to pay for help um, because I can't do it all. And... I, like, I'm still trying to figure that out. Like, every month that I have money left over, I'm like, oh, my God, I did it. <laughs> I do think that that that's an interesting point where, you know, people start something as a quote-unquote hobby. And at what point are you crossing that line from this is this is my hobby. I enjoy doing this. This is now a business. And then what does that mean? What what has to change in your approach? And what what now do you have to focus on? And and does it take away the joy if you turn it into a business rather keeping it in the hobby box? Well, I think I think it could take away the joy, especially if um, you know, you need the money. Um, and I'm not saying I don't need the money, but I think that that, <laughs> that is like the thing. I think that's that was the the change for me was like, it was, I mean, it literally was our vacation money. And then it turned into, no, we actually need this money to pay all of our bills. And I'm working, right? I'm filling orders that came in that someone paid for already that have to get filled, right? People go to Etsy or people go to my website or, and they pay money for things that I have to make. I have no choice but to make them. And especially around the holidays, that means that I have to say to my son, I'm sorry, mommy can't see you this entire weekend. Yeah. Sacrifice. Sacrifice. Making that fourth quarter every time. Every single time. You mentioned something. 
about paying yourself. And I think a lot of business owners, small business owners and women are, you know, of that mindset that they're the last to get paid. And that's, you know, okay. And it's not okay because you have to pay yourself. Otherwise it's like, I always go back to like knowing your worth and how much is your time worth and, you know, starting a business and owning a business. Yes. Like you will be obviously the last person to get paid because you got to pay the bills. you got to pay the staff, et cetera. But, but knowing in your mind, like I need to pay myself and hiring the bookkeeper and doing these different things to, to help kind of drive that point home is, is huge. And that's a big, it's a big life lesson and it's a big business owner lesson. And it's a, tough pill to swallow sometimes. Yeah. I mean, it's, you know, I'm up here. Um, I don't know if you guys saw, you know, but we, so I'm, I'm in my house right now. Um, I live in a two story condo and it used to be a three bedroom condo with a master suite on the top floor. And now we live in basically a two bedroom apartment and our, I have a studio on the third floor. Yep. Um, the and that was, suite has turned into the um, business headquarters. Correct. That's a very understanding husband you have. Yes. Yeah. yeah he's, he likes it. You know, he said, you know, it's like, well, we just slept up in there. Like we didn't like, you know, it was a lot of space for just like a bed, you know? And so now we're in this room that used to be my studio. And basically we have a king size bed. It takes up the entire room. It's like pushed up against the wall. Like we're in college. And <laughs> And I'm in this like gorgeous, spacious suite that I, I hired contractors to, you know, put in cabinets. Like I went like full out. Like I've got like the fanciest kitchen I've ever had in my life up here. Um, <laughs> keeps, you, you know. keeps you for having to go downstairs. <laughs> exactly. Keep keeps it easy. Keeps it easy. But one of the things about your business that I love um, that I want you to touch on a little bit is, is first of all, you do take a very eco-friendly approach on what you sell which I think in this environment is amazing. The other part that I truly love, I think speaks to all of our hearts is that you purchase materials from other women owned businesses when you can. So um, talk a little bit about that, that support network that you're building among these business women. Well, you know, as I'm a, I'm a jewelry maker, right? Again, I don't, like the word artist. Honestly, I don't no, you're an artist. I know you I said to... you're not an artist, but I'm just, <laughs> you're, you're fucking wrong because you are. But, oh, you started as a jewelry maker and now you're just an artist. Okay, so I'll we got it. that out. <laughs> well, you know, with hand stamping, which is how it started. Now, now I do a lot of other stuff and I'm learning, um, I'm learning a lot more jewelry techniques also, like how to make my own rings and stuff like that. Um, and how to make my own ring dishes, which is really cool. Um, but what I don't, what I am not, and I will never be as a metal smith. I'm not going to buy the machines, buy the raw metal, buy the saws. I work out of my home. Um, I'm in New York City, so I don't think that's ever going to change because I have no plans to open a store. And so I'm not going to go get a warehouse or a studio um, and pay New York City rent prices when I have a really a, a more than enough space here. Um, and so I'm not a metal smith. Um, I cannot cut my own blanks. I cannot cut my own discs. Um, I don't have that kind of, I do have a tumbler. I tumble all of my jewelry, but I don't have like an industrial size tumbler to tumble like raw metal cut with a saw. It's just not. <laughs> not what you signed up for. On the third floor master suite turned yeah, into have, studio with a kitchen. I have six cats. They're little paws stepping on metal shards. No, no, no. 
the cute little toe beans getting cut. No. Um, and so when I, even when I started my business, I would like, look, I, I always used, um, you know, obviously things like Instagram or Facebook, like for inspiration. And I would see things other people were making. And I felt like I kept saying the same, bl- the same blanks over and over and over and over again. And somehow, like I found my way into some kind of metal smithing group on Facebook where I became friends with like a couple of like metalsmiths and that's not, I mean, friends, business friends, that's their, that's what they do is they hand cut things. And so I've got my people for my bracelet blanks and my people for my money clips and my people when I want shapes that I'll like reach out with like a a sketch and ask if they can do it for me. And I've got my pewter person. And so especially when it comes to jewelry, I'm not going to lie and say like I buy my cups from a small woman-owned business because I would just be placing a middleman there because we're all getting them from China. Yeah. Um, but anything that has anything that can be made by hand that I use in my jewelry, I buy from another maker. I buy from another artist. Which is amazing. And it's, you know, coming full circle. Your price points are also really great because it's affordable, um, which I think is cool because a lot of times you see stuff that's super awesome and you're like, oh, like that's expensive. Um, how do you price your products? Um, I just make it up. <laughs> it, it goes back to the math. <laughs> we just we just eyeball it. I don't know. That looks about right. I do. I, I, I love I it. I don't just make it up, but so I don't have a set. There are people. There are some like like metalsmiths and artists that that I know that have like crazy formulas. Like cost times two and a half plus X for their time plus X for whatever. And to me, that doesn't really work. I look at what I, but you know, because there are some things, some pieces of metal that I buy that are maybe a dollar each. Mm-hmm. But the amount of steps that I take to turn it into a piece of jewelry is not double the tax and add a tip. Like it's just, you know, you just can't. Yeah. yeah. And so I, you know, when I was a teacher, I used to make $50 an hour. Like when I did like, um, you know, if I, when I was like, did my cheerleading coaching or SAT tutoring or stuff like that, right? The, the going rate for a New York City teacher after school is like $50 an hour. Um, it's just shocking first. Like, let's just underline that. Ridiculous. <laughs> so I think that's always how I valued my own time. Like, you know, I should make about $50 an hour. Um, I don't make $50 an hour as, as a small business owner, <laughs> um, not even close. But when I think about pricing my products, I do consider that sort of $50 an hour um, price point. Uh, that's price that's point. an interesting way to you know have that barometer like, okay, this took me a half hour, $50 an hour, we'll price it at $25 or whatever, however right. you come, come into that. That's, that's actually pretty cool. And, and easy. also- and well, and also because um, wholesale is such a huge part of my business, um, when I come up with a price that I think sounds fair for a product, if I divide it by 50% and I cannot do it for wholesale at that price, then I reconsider it. Oh, interesting. Okay. Smart. So because wholesale, wholesale really is, sometimes there are products that I develop um with wholesale even more in mind, like maybe like my direct customer isn't going to pay $70 for this, but other people's customers in other parts of the country and other, you know, might pay, might pay $70 for this. 
Um, so this is the right price for me for wholesale, $35. Smart. I think it's very interesting. So with the social media and the marketing, all that, you're doing that yourself? Yeah. <laughs> I'm clearly super excited about that. Dude, and it's hard. I mean, I do it for the nonprofit side of our life. And I just like throw shit on the wall. And I'm like, all right, let's just throw like 50 bucks over here and see. And it's interesting how you can reach so many people so quickly. But do those dollars convert? That's the question. And sometimes they do and sometimes they don't. So what have you found that works? Well, I'll tell you first what doesn't work for <laughs> me anyway, is paying um, paying someone to do your social media for right. you. Yes. I, I threw a lot of money at that last year. I really, I was like, last year, I was like, these are the things I don't have time to do. One of them being bookkeeping, another one being social media. I was like, so let me just throw money at all of my problems mm-hmm. and see which one's money fix. Right. So bookkeeping money fixed. Social media money did not fix. I did not see any more engagement. I did not see anything good happening. The the people that I hired were talented and they sounded like me. You wouldn't be able to go through my social media and see where they they stopped and I picked it up again, except that um, maybe it's not as consistent. (laughs) Um, But so that didn't work. And so I don't I don't even know what works. But what also doesn't work is me spending like 45 minutes trying to come up with a caption, um, trying to find, I like, it's almost like I know what doesn't work. Like all the things I've done that cost money or take a ton of time don't work for me any better than being like, here's a shirt. (laughs) (laughs) Isn't that the truth though? Because the other thing is, is like you put something online and you spend a bunch of time and you're like super proud of it and you get like a hundred views and you're like, but then you throw something up and it's like you just being a goofball and like holding up something and that'll get 15,000 views. And you're just like, okay, like there is no rhyme or reason, but I think the consistency of continuing to try and continuing to do and continuing to put yourself out there is kind of the moral of the story. And that's why I really like, I was drawn to you uh, because I kept seeing you come up in my world. And I know it was just because of our sparkle connection, but I think that you truly do sparkle and what you're bringing to women and individuals um, all across the country and globally is, is very cool. And it's so just like amazing to see a woman in her home making shit happen. We find you incredibly inspiring. So Randy, tell us where people can find you. You can find me everywhere. Uh, <laughs> if there's a place to find people to buy stuff, I'm there. Um, but I'm, I'm on Etsy. Um, it's I Unfortunately, after I branded to Salt and Sparkle and I trademarked my name, I found that somebody else owned the website and they weren't using it. And I couldn't get it on Etsy either. Oh, God. (laughs) But it's mine. I trademarked it. So um, my uh, website on Etsy and my my own website and Etsy are both Shop Salt and Sparkle. Yes. Um, I'm on Instagram uh, at Salt and Sparkle. Um, I'm on Pinterest at Salt and Sparkle. I'm on TikTok at Salt and Sparkle. I Salt and Sparkle everywhere. (laughs) I love it. Excuse me. Well, Randy, you have been such a breath of fresh air. You are salty and sparkly both at the same time. We can't thank you enough for showing us, you know, that women really can do everything and anything. So thank you. Everybody else get out there this week and be inspired.